Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, uh, Turiya? Is that right? Yes. Wonderful, good. And she's a Buddhist monk, a teacher and an author who, despite living with chronic pain, founded the Dharma Center of uh, Tarikya, Buddhism. I'm probably saying that wrong. Correct me in a moment. And uh, she did that in 1998 to share her path. And for over 25 years, she's taught thousands of students how to meditate, train teachers, and help people discover the unreasonable joy of our true nature. And she has this beautiful book called Unreasonable Joy, which captures the essence of the advanced Buddha teachings. Enlightenment is real and available to every single one of us. And she gently guides us into a deeper understanding of the working mind so we can see our patterns, learn how to control those wandering thoughts, and free ourselves from suffering. So let's embark on the journey of self-discovery and uh, find out how we can release ourselves from the chatter, from the pain, from the static, from from everything else that's going on out there right now. Because boy, it's a lot, isn't it? Welcome to the show, love. Thank you for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. We really are going through tumultuous times right now. And more and more, we need people to step into that calmness, into the meditative way of living and and to find joy, which just seems to be a word that's put over there somewhere and nobody needs how to access it right now. Um, but the title, Unreasonable Joy, that has got me intrigued. Why is joy unreasonable? Well, if you think about it, every time that you're off balance, you're upset, you're angry, there's a reason mm-hmm. there is always a reason when we are unhappy yeah but when we feel joy you know i'm not talking about pleasure but mm-hmm. i mean that real deep just joy and happiness there's no reason for it so i call it unreasonable mm. it's a state of being isn't it it is it's our natural state yeah mm-hmm. and is. and we can get joy I think people keep looking for that crescendo joy when really it's that beautiful simplicity of, you know, watching birds on the trees or the rustle of the leaves and the gentleness of the water and the animals at play. And there's that ah, moment, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, we're, we're always in such a rush to fulfill a story that we created in our mind. So we always, we, we've literally attached our happiness to an outcome. And boy, we can yawn ourselves a story, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, drama. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, to the point of soap operas at times, I think. And I, I think sometimes we have to kind of take a little responsibility for the drama of our story and go, is this really relevant or have I got caught up in something? Exactly. 
Um, that's where meditation is key. If we give ourselves this time every day, twice a day is better, let me say, to just sit and whatever technique you want to use to get through the door, it depends what works for you that day. That's what's important. But to give yourself just that time to sit and be and let everything drop away, we start to get glimpses of this unreasonable joy. And it's nothing that we have to cultivate or work at. It's just, it's something we just have to stop. <laughs> yeah, stop and tune in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, Let everything go. And if you can just stay with everything as it is, without that constant desire to change everything, to manipulate, to alter, to say, oh, I don't like this sensation or I don't like this thought that's in my mind, to just allow everything just to be, we start to see underneath. Right. It's very often kind of been in that space where the chatter is and then it seems to have a pattern where it fades out, where you can really feel the true thoughts, the true essence underneath. But we have to go through the da, 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 to get to to get to the aha. <laughs> exactly, it's really fun when I teach people who are brand new to meditation. The common complaint is, "I didn't have so many thoughts before," and really, it's just they never noticed how mm. many thoughts they had. But then, if they stick with the practice then they finally reach that point where there's just this little smile that comes on your face and there's no reason for it. And it's that, ah, mm -hmm. yeah. and I think when we step into that, <clears throat> whatever our meditative technique is, we realize that it's, it's the things that are literally right there in front of us and around us, but it's also, we realize it's simplicity. And that we as humans keep overcomplicating everything, which puts more stress upon us. Exactly. You know, I tell my students a lot that they like to make it so complicated. You know, really the path is very, very simple. It's just pay attention. Yes. We don't need a PhD for that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what I feel the, the original Buddha taught. He, he just paid attention. Just watch what comes up. And that's what I've taught and kind of stripped away all of these layers that other that have grown over the centuries. Yes. And it has grown over the centuries. That's the thing is that if you look back a hundred years ago, you know, our, our farmers, um, everybody was more in tuned with the weather patterns. They knew what was coming, when was coming. You didn't need a weatherman. Um, you had people that were more in tuned with nature, more in tuned with each other. There was more, instinctual and intuitiveness to living and we seem to have handed it over into intellectualism and abstained from being our intuitive selves well i i've noticed that there's a part of our minds that really likes to be told what to do mm -hmm. finds this wonderful comfort in going to somebody anybody you know whether if you're a spiritual person you go to a spiritual teacher if you're you know um an academic, you go to a professor and you just say, tell me what to do. Just tell me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and it's a really a very clever trick the ego pulls. Because, right. Well, if it all works out, then you get to feel great. If it all goes badly, you can blame 
the person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's abstaining from responsibility, isn't it? Exactly. And, and that is, I think, a huge issue in our society is we're not taking that personal level of responsibility for our own peace of mind. Boy, are we not. <laughs> there is a, a, you know, a tornado out there of discontent. And, you know, I call it the hysteria factor because people get caught up in it and it just <gasps> like a siren going off and people get so caught up, they forget how to breathe. And, uh, and, and then everything about them gets clenched up and it's like, for goodness sake, just take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> take a breath. More anxious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> breathe. What do, you, what do you mean breathe? <laughs> and we are the ones that work ourselves up this way. Why are we buying into the hysteria? Well, like I said, we like to be told what to do. And then we like to fight against being told what to do at the same time. And there's that, that comfort in groups. And there's also the habitual patterns in our own mind. There's a comfort in knowing how our mind is going to be or how we're going to perceive the world, even if it's miserable. <laughs> because we know what to expect. It's not, it keeps us from that, that very primal fear that we all have. But isn't it more fearful to be in a place of discontent and disconnect and, and a lack of own choice and control, you know, to be in that state of being all time, you know, it, isn't that more fearful than actually saying, I am going to change this? Well, for me, it was. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And I think we're finally reaching that point for millions of other people out there. You know, I, I've told my students um, that people will come to the path when they have decided yeah. they've suffered enough. Yeah. When they, whatever the um, catalyst is for that realization, but that's key, is we have to make that decision that no, I've suffered enough. I'm ready to change. Right. Mm -hmm. I say you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, but leave it there long enough and it will realize it's thirsty. Right. So yes. I think that's a, a, where a lot of people are at right now is kind of becoming aware that there is solutions out there. Some people literally closing their eyes and kind of just, where, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You know, and, and others going, okay, all right, this is enough. I, I just don't want to suffer like this anymore. Where, where are the solutions? I'm ready for them. Well, and that's where people who are already practicing can be of such a tremendous service. Mm. I just, they don't have to go out in Prostol's eyes and tell everybody about their practice, but by simply holding themselves and going about their business and living a bright, happy life, the ones who have suffered enough will notice and be like, wait, why are yeah. you so happy? Why are you so peaceful? And why aren't you all stressed out? Mm -hmm. And then that opens the door for them to be genuinely interested and say, oh, well, because I meditate every day. Right. So, oh, kind of rather fun. like when Harry met Sally, right? I'll have what she's having, you know. <laughs> exactly. well, what are you doing? It's working for you, you know? Will it work for me? And that's, that's the thing is, it's being the example. 
and then you become the inspiration that becomes the invitation. Exactly. Yes. That is such, it's, I think it's the most powerful way to teach. Mm. It's simply being that example and not trying to push anything on anyone. Right. Now, you know, you talk about in your bio with pain and suffering that you went through. What was the pain that you had to face? Um, well, it's a very long story, so I'll try to make it brief. But initially, um, you know, I started exercising a lot more, and then my body decided I didn't like that and started collapsing. And I'd be literally, I was a computer programmer and consultant, so I did all things computer software related. And I'd be working at my desk at home because I was able to set up my life. So I worked at home and I'd fly to New York to my client. That's my dream life. But then I started having these episodes where I'd literally slide out of my chair onto the floor. My muscles would seize and I couldn't get up for 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. And I went through dozens of doctors and I got you know, a whole list of diagnoses and found a lot of things that helped a little bit but the thing that kept me sane and kept me going was my meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had doctors tell me that I was just going to be in pain for the rest of my life and I would just have to get used to it. And this is just how it is. You're disabled now. Um, and it pushed my suffering to such an intense degree, both not just physically, um, but mentally, the emotional side of losing mm. everything that I worked so hard to create. And it really allowed me to recognize firsthand that we're not these fragile bodies, mm -hmm. that we are not the storyline that we create, that we are something inexpressible and so much more. And then fast forward, um, about 20 years, I got a um, smartphone that had an oximeter on it that measured your oxygen levels. Mm -hmm. And I discovered when I was having some of these episodes, my oxygen levels were dropping down into the 60s. And it's not supposed to go below 90. Right. It turned out, you know, that I went to more doctors and more tests in another couple of years. And I finally found a cardiologist who diagnosed me with a rare um, heart defect. And so he was able to fix that. Um, I still have a lot of uh, scarring in my muscle tissue. So I'm still, you know, not 100%. Mm -hmm. I still have a whole list of medical issues that I deal with on a regular basis. But that was the big underlying thing that seemed to trigger this whole cascade. Um, so it's been a very intense journey, but it's been so powerful. Like, um, one example I give in one of my um, previous books, Peace with Pain, is when I was having a gallstone attack. I was literally screaming for a half an hour and nobody was home. So I'm just screaming. None of my neighbors came over, but the phone rang. I, I made it to the phone, but I couldn't dial. I was in that much pain and my friend just happened to call. So I was able to say help and she came over. And I was just screaming because I was so immersed in the pain. And she just said to me um, three words. She said, focus on your teacher. Focus on Rama. Mm -hmm. And instantly, I mean, it was just boom. 
I was just completely centered, calm. The pain was there, but it was no longer right. a crisis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she called the ambulance. We went did all that. And eventually I found out they, they misdiagnosed me at the um, ER because I wasn't screaming anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's a downside. Oh, when, right? <laughs> there's a downside. So a couple of days later, you know, I insisted the doctor do an ultrasound and they were, they found out I had gallstones, mm-hmm. not only gallstones, but there was like overflowing. So they did surgery almost immediately mm-hmm. and fixed it. But that's how powerful this practice is, mm-hmm. you know, is that it can take you from that, you know, screaming hysterically to perfectly calm and centered. I think it's also, um, I have fibromyalgia, which I've had now, and asthma, which I've, I've had fibromyalgia 23 years and asthma for 63 years. And it's, you learn to, to have a partnership with it. You know, uh, I have the good days, I have the bad days. Um, but as long as I'm in purpose and doing something that brings joy to me, right, it, it decreases the pain. And sometimes you get up and you can hardly move and you think, can I do this today? And then you go and do something you love doing and you're stepping into that energy. But it's having a partnership with your body and knowing your limitations. Uh, I know I can't do this and do that. And, and there's no point, in, oh, you've got to go and do it and prove something. No. No, you know, I can't do that. And that's that. But I'm grateful that I can still do this. And so my body and I have an agreement. And, you know, there's times it wants to flatten me and say, "Uh uh-uh, you've done too much. I'm going to uh, consume your time. And other times I'm with you. And that I think that's a balance that we need to have because we've got to remember that this this vessel that we're in does have mechanics that go wrong. Right. And it's like it's not about mind over matter. It's about understanding and honoring the body and and letting it have its voice sometimes. But then also saying, it's okay. I'm here for you. Calm down. Yes, exactly. Um, Fibromyalgia is one of the ones on my list as Mm. well. Fun, isn't it? (laughs) So unpredictable. Yes. Like you said, one day you're like, oh, yes, I can go for a walk today. Yes, that'd be wonderful. And then halfway through you're like oh wait i've got to sit down i'm yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and and uh, when the body's in charge the body is in charge you have to listen because it yeah. will shut down and and of course the other thing about it too is that if you do have cancer if you do have something else generally people can see it but when you have a disease that you know on the surface you look fine well, what's wrong with you? It's all in your head, you know. You just go and do this and go and do that. And it's like, this isn't respecting somebody's journey because some of us do actually carry a different weight around with us for whatever purpose, whatever reason. And we need to respect other people's, um, it's not, I won't call it baggage because it's not something that we need to do, you know, that we can just get rid of, otherwise we would. Um, you know, the old bonfire in the back garden. You know? <laughs> but but it's, it's also a, kind of a different form of meditation that you take on when your body is under a different form of attack, isn't it? And, it's a, and you've got to be gentle with yourself. That is so true. I mean, there's, I've noticed um, on social media, there's the uh, positivity people who just push that. Yes. Mind over matter yes. and that 
if you can't think yourself well, then you're not trying hard enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And I tried that, but my body, you know, I did the, the <laughs> monthly, I'm healthy and strong. I'm healthy and strong. Yeah. And I actually brainwashed myself at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and you know and then I fell like on my face because my body collapsed and my husband just looked at me and said oh you overdid it and I was just stunned I was like but no I'm healthy and strong <laughs> yeah. yeah and and like you said the body is in charge and yeah. we um and neglect our physical reality then we're denying a whole aspect of our being I've, I've, you know, we, we ask people to be a human being, a human spiritual being. And I'm a very spiritual person having a hard time living in the body. But when you come together with your body, in, despite its flaws and its challenges, and you understand the gift of the body with the, with the spirit, then you actually understand so much more. Yeah, it can make your pain sometimes a little bit more emphasized, but it emphasizes everything else as well, doesn't it? It just you're just so much more in tune when you come together. Oh, exactly. Because I think people get in that imbalance where they're all body mm -hmm. and then or they're all mind. Yes. And really when like you said, when we put them together, there's just this wonderful buffet of experience mm -hmm. that we can tune into and and light up with. I light up wearing and and I think also one of the problems is is that we're far too much in our head think it think it think it you know the thoughts can override and yes our thoughts are very important you know and in in the vein and the intent of our thoughts are extremely important but we've got to listen to the intellect also of the soul and the spirit and the heart because that uh, has so much more wisdom than our head does our head has knowledge but that has wisdom and the the harmony and the peace that we find with that inner joy is when we are in sync with soul, heart, spirit, and mind and body. Right, exactly. So I think a big part of getting to that being in sync is really training the mind. Yeah. We're not taught at all in at least the society, um, the power of our thoughts, mm. the power of our mind. Uh, and we get stuck in those habitual patterns where something hurts and then so we start thinking about it and we obsess over it and we think about it some more and we think about it some more worry and the soul keep rubbing on it yeah <laughs> and while it's important we've got to you know that paying attention okay body what do you need right now and then once you've done everything that you can then you need to let your mind go somewhere else you mm -hmm. need to focus and like don't said, obsess Right. Don't obsess over it. Yeah. And, and I think uh, it's very easy to become obsessed over something. You know, look at when people are dieting. You know, I've got to lose the pounds, I've got to lose the pounds. They obsess, they obsess, they obsess over it. And, and what they don't realize is that they're sending a message to their body that A, it's not good enough right and the body when it's being starved when people go on these diet diets it immediately kicks in and goes oh god she's starving <laughs> you know, we've got to we've got to retain all the fat that comes in <laughs> and you know it, it's the way we speak to each other and why we're speaking to each other uh, to to ourselves is very very important isn't it because it, stop beating yourself up 
Right. Well, it creates this, this mental filter through which we see ourselves and through which we see the rest of the world. So if we're constantly telling ourselves we're not good enough, then what's going to happen is everything that we see outside of ourselves, our mind is going to filter out every other message except for the ones that are telling us yeah. we're not good enough. Yes. Yes. Spirals us deeper and deeper and becomes a neon sign with a loudspeaker. <laughs> That's all you can hear. Right? You talk to your friends and, and you have all these examples where you can point out, see how all these messages telling me I'm not good enough. And, and there's no denying it. it's like, well, yeah, that's what you're experiencing. Yeah. But that experience is because of this mental filter that you've created. So we can yeah. train our minds to, to see the beauty, to see gratitude, to appreciate what our body can do. Yeah. Yes. And, and especially when the body and mind are in sync with each other. It's incredibly empowering, isn't it? It is. And we can do amazing things. And sometimes, you know, if we, those of us that have body challenges, we might take a little bit longer, mm -hmm. but we can still do the most amazing things. I mean, you know, getting back to fibromyalgia, I know people who are literally crippled with it. And, uh, you know, they can't do anything. They're, they've given in to it. Uh, you and I both have it, you know, with a few other challenges. We made a choice to understand I can't ignore you because you're not going away. But we will find a synergy in living together and put our energy into something we love and when you love something so much, it's generating energy that comes back into your body anyway. Yes. So it's what you feed. It's where you put the energy that grows. It's so true. I mean, I tried the ignoring thing. Okay, I'll just ignore it. La, 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 la. It'll go away. No, this is more important. I need to get this, you know, report done, or I need to get my bathroom cleaned, or I need to do this. And, and you know, that ignoring part doesn't work because like you said, you wind up completely disabled. I remember there when one part of my journey because I had ignored it so much, um, I wound up, my doctor recommended a pain management course. So I went and the recommendation was just do one thing each day and let that be enough. Mm -hmm. Just one thing. So I already was meditating. That was a non-starter, of course. You know, yep. Even if I couldn't get out of bed, I would still meditate. Um, but my one thing was taking a shower. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my big accomplishment for the day. It's like I took a shower. And Yay. Sometimes I got to even dry my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but learning that, um, that doing that one thing was enough. Yeah. It's such a powerful lesson. And then that allowed me to build on that. It, it really taught me how to pace and listen to my body and brought that um, mind and body more into sync. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing about meditation, you know, people are going to do it in different ways. Some people, they're just the cross leg, hum ha. You know, for me, uh, good luck getting me back up. You know, <laughs> once I'm down there, I'm down there. <laughs> I need a crane to get me back up again. It's finding what is your meditative state. You know, for me, it's music and nature. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really where I can go in and relax and find my, my center, my core. Um, but we've each got to find what it is, how to meditate. 
um, because there isn't a one size fits all, is there? And and it's a, but it's all about quietening the mind, quietening the soul and the spirit, and coming into a, a calm state of being. And if ever we needed that calm state of being right now, it, it is now. And even if you're not a part of the tornado or the hysteria that's going on, you're being affected by it. You know, because it's it's around us and you can't help but feel the static. So this meditative of of finding the peace within us is something that's really important right now, isn't it? It it's crucial. Mm. I mean, our I don't know if our civilization will survive if we don't right. figure out how to um, make our way to the center of the storm. You know, yeah. because in that center where we can actually see all of our different options. You know, some people turn to meditation and they think it's some kind of escape, mm-hmm. but it's not. It, it, if anything, it amplifies our awareness. It right. expands our awareness. It makes us notice um, everything. Um, as I said, it brings us into that center of the storm, but that's where we have all our options. That's where we have our power. Yeah. The clarity, um, right? Yes. You know what to do then because you know, you know how to step into it because you're clear. You're not caught up in all that static. You're now clear of what you need to do in the now. As I said, the, the soul will speak to the heart and the heart in resonance will ignite the spirit interaction and the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And that knowingness in the now is the clarity that you need in this moment. Not the next moment, not the past moment, but this moment. Exactly. I think that's what people have the hardest time with is they want the whole story laid out. Mm. They want to see it all. But it's like when you're walking on a really dark night and you have your flashlight and you can only see that little Mm -hmm. bit in front of you, you can see that, okay, I can step here. And then you take that step. And now you can step the next step and the next step. And that's how life is yes. but but we we're so addicted to our stories and our schemes and our plans and we say oh no i'm gonna do all these things and we go right back into the the swirling mess yeah yeah but if we let all of that go and and let ourselves be, be still then like you said we can see our next step mm-hmm. and what, whatever it is that we need to do right now and sometimes it doesn't entirely make sense. No. It's so that, that knowing mm-hmm. that it just feels right. Like, oh, I need to make that phone call right now. And then that leads to a contact that leads to another contact that suddenly you have the job that you need. Right. Or, you know, you take a different route home. Or you pop into that grocery store instead of that one and you bump into somebody. You know, that, <laughs> the whole thing is, is that don't overanalyze it and don't you know resistance is futile don't (laughs) resist it right go with the flow we we were so busy wanting to be in control of what comes next that we don't realize the answer is right there just go with the flow be Mm -hmm. in tuned be in the now be aware and the answer is right there in front of you exactly we're, we're always so struggling so um, it's that manipulation, trying to manipulate ourselves, trying to manipulate our environment, trying to control everything. 
when really the only place we have control is over what we focus on. Right. And focus on in the now. Yes. Yeah. And are you worrying it like a saw? <laughs> right? <laughs> or are you focusing on it to heal it or energize it or release it? Mm-hmm. Or just to see what it is. Right. Investigate it. Yes. Yeah, we've lost, human beings are explorers. And we love discovery. This network is called (laughs) self-discovery. And it's the more that we are willing to live in wonderment and explore. You know, I always say blind, deaf and dumb in order to see, hear and feel. You know, it's, it's stop looking for the manual on how to take the next step. Have the right tools and equipment with you and that will guide you through and you'll meet people along the way that will be your guiders but be willing to go out there with that little flashlight or even into the dark right the light will show all of a sudden the moon comes up around and sheds a light on the path you know we just want to be in control all the time and that control stops us from seeing the answers yes exactly but there is a interesting thing that we first have to gain control Mm. to let it go yeah because for most people you know their mind is going a million miles a minute their emotions are just taking them out every five minutes and their whole life is chaos and they're just running around trying to catch up and so we have to go through this training to actually gain control Mm-hmm. And once we are able to control our mind, and then that's the point where we have to let go. <laughs> the thing is, right now, you've got people out there that are just so on the roller coaster of anger and hate and violence. I mean, I've just, you know, we're not, quote, in a war, but you would think we are the way people are attacking each other. And the thing is, is that there is nothing you can say to those people that's going to change their minds. So what we can do is empower ourselves to be a higher energy, a higher loving energy, and be that love that bounces back to them because they have to change their own minds. You're not going to do it, but we are responsible for elevating that energy of love that then will ricochet and, you know, domino effect out there. So it's not trying to fix someone or change their mind into it. It's about our own elevation, that will be the answer. Exactly. And when we confront that angry, angry energy, you know, whether it's on social media or in the grocery store or wherever, or in our family sometimes, yeah. it's so important. Um, the practice that I share with my students is to be gentle. Yes. It's to be gentle first with yourself mm-hmm. and your own reactions because when you're knocked off balance by anger, that means, you know, there's some anger resonating in you. So then yeah. you're angry with yourself for being angry. Which <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> <laughs> so you have to start with that gentleness and then out of that gentleness arises compassion for your own being. And then once you have that for yourself, it's so easy. It just spills over. Yeah to everyone else before you like just react out of anger to somebody else there's this wonderful compassion this gentleness that kind of stops you and says well is that actually going to be of service to them right yeah 
yeah and you know we've also got to remember that what we put out into the ether is is what's also going to come back and be a part of it so it is very very easy to get caught up in in everything that is wrong and react and yes you know we're not asking people to abstain from taking action we need you to take action but the action that we need you to take is with the intent you know of lovingness of kindness of caringness of empowering we don't want pitchforks. There's enough of those out there. <laughs> you know, we want to just see that blanket of love. And, you know, it may fall initially on deaf ears, but eventually they're going to feel that vibration around them and go, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> that keeps nudging at me, you know, uh, and, and it can break through those that are really ready to receive it. It's so true. I mean, I've had people come up to me, you know, just, family members and just people I've known who aren't part of my school and they say, you know, oh, it's just when I'm around you, I just feel, you know, calmer. Yeah. I feel like I can be myself. Right. And now that's, that's a big one, isn't it? I can be myself. That is such a huge statement because everybody's just looking to be enough and be themselves and not have to apologize for it. Exactly. You know, I mean, so many people live in that, um, that heaviness. Yeah. Of just trying to um, pretend to be something. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not even something that they really want to be. No. It's no, they aspire actually aspire to be that. It's just somewhere along the line, they were told or shown that this is how it is, and this is how you need to be in order to fit in, in order to succeed, in order to be happy, which was the big lie. Right? Yes, it's yes, happy. Yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> happy. <laughs> There's a new show called I think Brave New World where everybody pops a pill. Oh, to wow. be happy and you know it's uh, uh which is beginning to backfire right so it doesn't matter what you take pill booze chocolate you know whatever you do to try and make you happy if you're not making yourself happy from the inside out nothing on the outside will make you happy well exactly and i i take it one step further that you already are happy yeah, you just don't know how to access it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't know how to access it. You forgot. You were brainwashed mm. to believe that you needed something else. Yeah. And that's a societal thing, isn't it? You know, more is more. You've got to be yeah. more. I've interviewed so many people that have been CEOs or own their own companies. I go, I'm working 18 hours a day. I've got a fast car and I've got a big house that I never see. You know, I've got a family that somewhere, but I don't know where they are because I'm never there. I'm just a slave to this image of success. And it's cost me everything. So it's looking at what is the enrichment of life? What really is the abundance and changing our whole perspective of it? Yeah, well, I, I think there's this lie that we've been sold that mm. we have to always struggle and mm. um, push off our <laughs> happiness because yes. if we actually are happy and content, that will somehow turn into statues and not do anything. <laughs> yes. And that's not true because if you really think about when you are genuinely happy and free, 
there's all this creativity that comes up. There's all of these options and opportunities to go and have fun and explore and create and be successful, but in a very playful and enriching way. Joyous way. Joyous. And, and it rubs off. I mean, do you want to be in a room full of misery moose? you know negative and unhappy it's so draining it just sucks the life out of you or do you want to be in a room with people that really do enjoy their lives who they are what they're doing the you know the the impact that they're having which one do you want to be a part of well exactly and it's so hard to get anything done when you're miserable oh god yeah you're in molasses uh-huh. <laughs> through that molasses and it's everything slows you down and weighs you down and you physically become heavy i mean yes it's like depression you know depression just it just just pulls you under and you know when you get that depression where you feel the guts being you know being torn out of you it's despair and people oh you just need to snap out of it you need to just do this you know no we need to get to why is that depression there where is the disconnect and you need to sometimes it is a chemical imbalance as i'm sure you know with fibromyalgia you know that depression chemical uh, is there but the the understanding of why the depression there is very often because we are so disconnected from ourselves from joy from purpose from permission to to be happy to live in heart to live in joy and you know excuse me you need permission for that no you don't need permission to love yourself you don't need permission to be happy you don't need permission to to be explorers of joy to be givers and sharers you don't need any permission of that in fact this is what you're here for and it's so powerful yeah you know, we're, we're taught at some point that being happy and joyful and free is somehow a weakness. Or fake news. Yeah. Fake. Oh, nobody can be that happy. Oh, exactly. I had an argument once with a doctor because I had a sleep study done. It showed that um, my sleep efficiency was like 3% or something. So mm -hmm. I wasn't sleeping at all for years and years. And he's like, well you say you're not depressed and you're not sleeping. So to me that some, there has to be a lie there because either, you know, I have the proof that you're, you're not sleeping, so you must be depressed. And so I looked at him and said, well, to me, my, my body is more of a vehicle. So ask me, you know, I want to ask you, um, when you take your car to the mechanic because it's broken, do you get depressed? Mm hmm do you just like get completely miserable? Yeah. <laughs> and he might, you know, it clicked in his head. He's like, oh, I see what you mean. It's yeah. So That's a very good point. Um, that's again attaching yourself to what's wrong with you instead of looking at this is just a, a mechanical issue. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it can be a pain in the butt sometimes, uh, but it's not going to take my joy. No, it doesn't have to, mm -hmm. because your joy is unreasonable. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, just, it's just there if you pay attention, if you allow yourself to not identify 
with all these stories, with mm. all these attachments that we have, if we can let go of all those identifications and just really look at what is. Yeah. This joy just bubbles up. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I remember there's a there's like a sense of almost guilt sometimes when you feel really happy, even though you're, because society tells you, no, your body doesn't work, so you're supposed to be miserable. Right, yes, yes. And yeah, how could you be happy in pain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I, I just decided, well, I'm happy, so yeah. I'm just going to be happy. Right, <laughs> exactly. And But that comes most certainly from stepping into that purpose of so doing something that you know is meaningful that it is of service to others because that brings about a joy you know if we want to know what pure joy is watch children play watch animals play with each other they're not in tomorrow they're not worrying about this or that they're in the moment and they're playing with each other or they're falling over their tails or they're you know goofing around and if that doesn't bring a smile to your heart I don't know what will and you know people say to me but if my heart's been switched off because I've been guarded how do I put it back on surround yourself with the kids and with the animals and just see the pure joy that they live in. And if that doesn't open up your heart, I'm not sure what will. Well, sometimes we just have to sit through the pain. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's why um, some people, why we have to suffer enough. We have to make that decision. You know, certain yeah. you know that's enough now. Enough now. <laughs> yeah. So we have to be willing to actually sit with that pain that we're feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I've had people come to me after they sit with me and learn how to meditate and still their thoughts. And they'll come back for another session. They'll say, every time I meditate, I start my, start crying. You know, I get to my heart and I just start crying and I'm I'm not crying over anything. I'm just crying. And, and I try to tell them that's good because Mm. you're finally letting go. Yes. Releasing all that pain and releasing. And mm. nice just keep going and keep paying attention and keep going. <laughs> but you've got to go through it. You yes. can't go under it, over it, around it. You can't pay someone else to do it for you. There's no Amazon delivery. You've got to go through it. And the more you're willing to go through it and experience it, the faster you'll get to the other side. Yes. That's where the joy is, by the way. <laughs> well, the joy is right here. It's even, well, I had an interesting experience. I was going through um, just really intense depressions, you know, but back before I had a official, you know, they told me I had fibromyalgia and they kept adding more diagnoses and I had symptoms that didn't, weren't explained by that. And so I would went through these intense depressions and I caught myself in the mirror crying. Mm. And I just decided to apply my practice in that moment and just sat with this being in the mirror, crying, looking into my own eyes, seeing the tears falling. And as I sat there, it took, you know, it wasn't instant. It took a little while, but eventually I saw that there was joy. There was this peace. I mean, joy isn't even the right word. There was just this incredible peace, this, it was like God looking back at God. Right. Mm. You know, um, mm. Even though, yes, in one very human 
level, I was very depressed because my body's failing and I don't know what's wrong with it. And the doctors aren't giving me answers. Nobody's telling me what to do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so even in the middle of being depressed, even in the middle of screaming in pain, there is joy. There's yeah. peace. And yeah. that's, it's not something you can wrap your mind around, really, until you experience yeah. it. No, no, most certainly not. And, you know, there's 31 points to fibromyalgia. Um, I interviewed actually one of the leading doctors in the world on it, and he was my doctor as well. And it, it helped me understand, you know, is this part of it? Is this part of it? Is this? Is this? It's, you know, it's all under this one umbrella. And there's, there's still so much that they don't understand about it. But basically what it is, is a hypersensitivity. And you are heightenedly sensitive over so many more things. And that includes if you're an empath, right? You're going to be more heightened in everything that you do. But that's where you can use it. And you go, okay, if my senses are heightened, the pain senses, the touch senses are all heightened, why can I not make the senses heightened over the energy that will feed me and nurture me, uh, calm me and help me, right? So it's, you know, it's not using the weapon on you because it's not a weapon, but it's just using um, what is making things go wrong, turning it around and make it go right for you. Yes, I love that. You know, we've got to use what we have. Right. And we, like I said, I said before, we can train our minds to actually support us instead of being in that constant battle mode of, um, no, I want my body to feel good. I don't want to hurt all night long. I don't yeah. want to toss and turn. Instead, we can just embrace what is and tap into that heightened sensitivity and i mean my cat's fur is so soft yes yes <laughs> yes and when they're purring in your arms right oh, it's like i'm actually stroking me <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it can bring you into ecstasy yeah. though yeah. You know, your body's screaming in pain but there's all these other sensations yes that you can tune into yeah and the thing is is learning the techniques and you know you're teaching the meditation whatever form of the meditation we do, it is important to have, especially the breathing techniques, uh, because that breath is the first thing you have to catch. You know, um, being caught without breath, you know, is everything tightens up. Nothing works. There's no clarity, no oxygen going to the brain. You know, it's, it's, it's literally shutting you down. So that breath, and being conscious of your breath is so very important because you can't do anything until you're in breath. Yeah, that is a powerful technique for a lot of people. Um, I take a lot of different approaches. It's always depends on what the person in front of me needs. You know, there's so one, share some of your approaches. Share some of your um, techniques. There's, there's one I call the, the 20 second meditation technique. And it's you, it uses the breath, but it, it really uses um, our, our mental capacity for words. So we say, you breathe in and out and say joy. Mm. And then, oh, no, I'm sorry, I skipped one. You start with just thinking the word gratitude. Mm -hmm. And you take a breath in and a breath out. You just think gratitude, gratitude. 
You don't even have to really feel it. Mm. You're just going to say the word. And then you say joy and joy. And then peace and peace. Just in and out. And it, it's really that simple. Um, there's another one that I teach that's more physical. Um, when And it's especially useful when your mind is just spinning and spinning and spinning. Mm. Something set you off and now you're mm. going like a little top. And it's so deceptively simple is all you need to do is relax your face. Mm -hmm. All of the muscles in your face, if you just relax them, it, there's this physiological connection between our facial muscles and our emotions. Like you may have heard if you hold a smile for five minutes, you'll actually feel happier. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so when we relax our face, completely it puts our brain into neutral mm. it doesn't know how to feel it's like wait i have no facial expression <laughs> how am i supposed to feel so it just cuts through everything and it brings us to that it's like putting the car in neutral mm. and yeah going from fourth gear down to neutral <laughs> yes exactly yeah. so there's still that inertia things are still moving but it there's a stillness yeah, it's the same like when you're grinding your teeth. You know, I've noticed that lately in your mind asleep. I'm waking up with a lockjaw and I go, okay. <laughs> Loosen all of this up. Be aware. Let it go. Let it go. Why am I feeling like this? And that is, that is, you know, I think the being mindful at the present moment that we really need to do more meditation than we normally do because of the outside static that is out there and it's so easy to pick up on so i think it's it's escalating on our on our mindfulness um on our meditation right now because what on your daily practice might have been enough of a normal day but we're not in normal days right now and we may maybe need to go up a notch right well that's why you know the practice i teach is our meditation doesn't end when we get off the cushion right you know? Yeah, that seated time is crucial because mm -hmm. if you don't do your seated meditation, then practicing mindfulness the rest of the day is really hard. Mm -hmm. I know this a long time ago, there was teachers out there trying to teach med mindfulness without meditation. Mm -hmm. That never made sense to me. Right. But if we carry our practice into our daily activities through, you know, I just use a different term. I use mindfulness mm -hmm. because we're moving around, we're active. Mm -hmm. Um, so it begins with just the mind training where we're paying attention constantly to what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And if we're spiraling out, then find something in your environment that you feel gratitude for or something you find beauty in. And you focus, focus, focus until you actually shift into beauty or gratitude. The other way that we can get into mindfulness is very physical. Mm -hmm. It's through whatever task that we're doing. So if we're washing dishes, we restrict our thought to only washing dishes. And so there's not too much to think about. You've got the water and the soap and the sponge and, mm -hmm. and the dish. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you run out of thought. So then you're like, okay, water, sponge, soap, dish. And then by focusing all of your attention on the activity, the mind, you know, eventually settles and becomes still. And so 
we're walking around either in the state of beauty or gratitude, or we're walking around with this stillness mm -hmm. while we're interacting with the world. Yeah. And I think that's vital um, to actually progress on the path because otherwise we, we sit and we meditate and we go up and then we go out in the world and we get drained. Right. <laughs> and then well, we have that 15 second one, <clears throat> something is beginning to trigger you. Go into that 15 second one, you know, gratitude and, you know, um, peace and joy. And just, as you say, focus in on those words, focus in on the breath, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And now all of a sudden what was going to trigger you bounces off, water off a duck's back, right? So we, we, we as human beings, especially as caring human beings, are going to absorb all that is wrong because we want to put it right. That's our nature to do so, right? And there's sometimes you can't put it right by being immersed in it. You have to be outside of it. And you can't be outside of it if, if you are stressed out about it. So the, just the simple techniques, as you said, of focusing on one thing at the moment and channeling that, um, diverting ourselves from all that outside chatter that's about to come and which then eats away and gets everything else riled up and go <laughs> which we all do we all do we have to be mindful of what the triggers are and where we're at and what to do in the moment so as you said it's not just the meditation oh now it's going to carry you for the rest of the day it's little techniques to use all the way through the day exactly because if we're paying attention all day long, mm -hmm. then we start to notice what our triggers are. Right. And then, to avoid them. <laughs> well, not even to avoid them. I mean, in the beginning, that's a great strategy is to limit. But then we can, once we have gathered enough power, we can see what triggers us and decide, do I still want to carry this around? Right. What is this attachment that's knocking me off balance every time I run into this type of situation? Mm -hmm. And just by looking at it and seeing it and recognizing and taking that responsibility that, oh, this is in me. I'm making this decision to be upset over this. Right. It's so empowering. And eventually from that awareness, that attention that we give to that trigger, it starts to diffuse it. Right. And, and one day it's gone and you walk into the situation, you're all ready to be knocked off balance and then it just comes and it goes. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm not that person anymore. Right, right. I'm, new. Mm -hmm. and I'm not so easily triggered anymore. Yeah. Right. And, and these new versions of ourselves, um, I think is really the exciting part of self-discovery. Yes. But it's also not just for ourselves. As I said, it's yeah. if you are in that state of being, that is the aura you're putting out. That is the vibration. And as you said, people are drawn to you going, you know, um, just wanting to be around you for your energy. And, you know, what do you do? It's not necessarily what we do. It's who we are right? The energy of who we are and that the verbalization of who we are transcends us and you don't need to clarify. You just feel better in our presence. And that's because we are in a, a peaceful aura, a yeah. peaceful energy. But it doesn't mean that, you know, we are 
kumbaya and all is well with the world we know the battles of every day we've just learnt the techniques and how to deal with them and being mindful of the the little things through the day the little triggers and the little techniques that you can use uh so that a you don't want to waste your day you want to use your energy where you want to use it so if you find yourself being off kilter put yourself back in center again right all it takes is a moment or two it's no big deal they can do it anywhere anytime yes that's so that's such an important point to remember because we we turn our practice into a big story yeah say, oh well you know i don't have the right incense i can't meditate or yeah. i don't have my kitchen or i don't have perfect quiet you know my neighbor is screaming um so we set up all these artificial obstacles when really all we have to do is is stop and tune in and that's how we change the world right yep is just change ourselves which reflects out into the world yeah now is this what the book is about so yes the book is about um this practice of trikaya buddhism that i have developed with my students i've kind of watched and played with all these different practices many that i learned from my teacher and then from other teachers and really examining what works in the world mm. you know because we're not well at least i'm not interested in going running off to a cave and right. <laughs> not interacting because eventually you got to come out of the cave right, right? yes <laughs> so we're going to do the hard part first <laughs> and yeah. how, to, how to live and work in this world in this very high state so this book takes you through this practice of trikaya buddhism which isn't uh, a straight line you know we like to think that, yeah, I know. Linear. Yeah. <laughs> that practice is you know we're going to go straight up the mountain and really it's a circle yeah you know where we come around and we learn things on one level and then we come back to the beginning and we learn things on another level and we just keep going around and we this constant practice of refinement as our awareness continues to grow and grow and grow yeah awareness it's a big word choosing to live more positively is not just a choice mentally but physically emotionally and actionally and we have got to be aware you know we forget each day that we're breathing you know it's, it's just we're breathing we take it for granted our lungs are there for us our legs are working our this is this our that is that and everything we just it's just just doing automatic but if we become aware of everything that we're doing and become more in tuned with it and be, become more grateful for what is working we will also actually know when things aren't working and how to help them but it i think we just learn in, in, to live in appreciation more even for our broken body you know it's it's here for a reason um do i know the reason i may intellectually know the reason but do i really know it no it's just here and that's the way it is it's what i've been given and it's for me to make the best of it use it in the best way that i can and uh, you look at athletes or you look at people that have lost limbs 
you know, that are, that are on fake legs winging, winning Olympic medals, uh, dancing with the stars, you know, uh, the guy that was deaf didn't hear music. He literally reacted to the dancer and tuned into her emotionally to go on and win. We're the ones that limit ourselves. Exactly. And with um, the Unreasonable Joy book, I, I want to point out that it's for wherever you are on the path. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a brand new, you've never meditated before, there's, there's lessons in there for you. If you've been on the path for 20, 30, 40 years, there, there's teachings in there for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, for me, a big part of the path is getting away from that, that tendency to try and figure out why. Right. Because you never really get an answer, no. do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you get it one that, just is. <laughs> you get one that satisfies your ego for a while, but then yeah. something comes along and disproves it and then sends you into a tizzy. <laughs> mm. Yeah. If you just continue to pay attention, to look at what is, and be honest with yourself. Yeah. To really notice that, oh, wait, this is really triggering me. This is showing me my attachment. And then do I want to keep carrying this attachment with me? Maybe I'm ready to put that one down. Keep- oh, being aware of how heavy that attachment is. How many people walk through life, slug, 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 to realize they're carrying this huge, heavy emotional weight of memories of discontent or bitterness and everything else. Forgive yourself, forgive everyone else, drop it off you know? <laughs> and walk forward and go, boy, don't you feel lighter? <laughs> Doesn't this feel good? You've got wings now. <laughs> to realize that you don't have to be right. Yes. Right. Mm. Yeah. You, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be free? Right. exactly and what is freedom freedom is being joyous in the now yes right Right. understanding what the now is where all we have is the moment and what we do in this moment will uh will lay the path for the next moment so Mm -hmm. you want to know i want to be over there by then and over there by then well what are you doing now that's paving this path for your eventual destination and you'll probably find that you won't reach that a destination because you were meant to be over here all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so let go of the control right exactly I mean, do the work gain control of your mind when it's spinning out yeah but then let go of that that craving to always try and manipulate and scheming and manufacturing these stories conning conning yourself exactly (laughs) deluding the amount of energy that we spend trying to con ourselves and if we just let that go we have so much more power so much more energy and that that unreasonable joy is just there for us and it shows us, you know, it gives us that clarity. Yeah. To yeah. And, you know, you said earlier that, you know, talking to yourself in the mirror, and I, and I really think 
that's a good place to have a heart to heart because it's very hard to pull the wool over your own eyes when you're looking into your <laughs> eyes, right? And it's like, oh, da, 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 you really believe that? <laughs> so I think mirror talk is a really good place to have a conversation. Yeah, it's, um, it's so vital for us all to be very honest with ourselves. Yeah. You know, if we're, if we're looking for truth, then we've got to start with ourselves. Yeah, and understanding that your truth and my truth may have similarities, but there are truth to ourselves in, you know, and how we see things. And it's not about the ego. It's also not about you proving anything to anyone, verifying or validating. You just simply are, and people will feel you before they hear you or see you. And they, you want that feeling to be one that is welcoming, that is inviting. Yes, exactly. Because once you try to put truth into words, it's no longer truth. It's, it's your version. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I'm always saying to people, please feel your knowledge rather than think it. Um, because then you understand what the thoughts are if you felt it first. And if you feel other people very often there is no explanation needed i know how you're feeling i can feel it yeah. right and uh, they don't need to go oh, i'm not feeling like this today that's fine i can feel it. it's okay you're a little low on energy today here's some love <laughs> and sometimes that's all people need right just to know you care and here's some love here's some loving energy right Which is that that open acceptance mm -hmm. of just saying yes that's how you are and it's perfect you know, the example with my father is my son was always, every time I saw him, trying to fix me, you know, you need to do this, mommy, and you need to do that, mom. And I just grabbed his hands one day and I said, darling, every time you tell me that, you're telling me I'm broken. Yeah. How about you just be there for me with a loving hug? Oh, that's all I have to do? I said, yes. Just simply <laughs> love me for being me and give me a hug. That's all I need. And it took the burden of him feeling he had to fix me and just to see me not of the problems that I carry, but the person that I really am and just hug me anyway. So sometimes we have to give people permission, right? Yes. And what a relief. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I don't have to be the fixer. Yes. I have to be the fixed. <laughs> yes. I don't have to, you don't have to see me as broken obstacles. Yes. Challenges. Yes. Who hasn't got them? Exactly. Right, and it's how we how we walk with our challenges. That's all. So, how do people get the book? How do people find you? So the book is on um, is going to be available on October twenty seventh. So that's when it should be able to be ordered from any bookstore. You can pre-order the Kindle version right now on Amazon. Um, the paperback you can order on October 27th. And if you want to find me, you can find my blog is turiabliss.com. Or if you want to actually sit with me in meditation, go to dharmacenter.com. And I teach on most Saturdays, and then I have students that teach on the other days of the week. So. All of our classes are online right now because of yeah. the virus. So yeah. we've actually become more accessible. Um, 
to a lot more people. So right. And you know, people who think, well, it's not the same. Well, no, it's nice to be in the same room as someone. Yes, but you know, energy is energy, and it will, it will go through any means it can. And you can just as much feel the energy of someone this medium than you can in any other. So, exactly. I think this is just an evolution of our communication. You know, we we get very hung up and know it has to be in person. But yeah. I think this whole that's been a blessing. Yes. Of the whole tragedy that's unfolding is we're learning that now we can have community through, yes. through the computer. And it can be global community. So it opens you out to even more people around the world. Exactly. Right? Instead of restricting to your locals. So, yeah, there's always a gift in something, isn't there? <laughs> yes, there is. If we look for it and if we're open and aware. Yeah, open and aware, most certainly. Well, thank you so much for sharing here today. It's wonderful. Uh, you've given me the reminder of the small tips, you know, remember to breathe, but the dialogue with it, you know, because sometimes I'm just concentrating on the breathing and the words are important because as you said, it resets the mind uh, yeah. away from the stress. So I've got to be more mindful of that. Thank you. And, uh, it, you know, all the techniques that you have, obviously you've got some more intense ones, but uh, for people who are wanting to start off, the step-by-step, -step, the smaller ones, just apply and practice and get your book because obviously in your book, you've got all these wonderful practices and we're all looking for help. And it's okay to say, you know what? I need help. This is a good idea. I'm going to get the book. I'm going to start trying these small practices and, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to meet her and go through these classes, right? So nobody's wanting you to dive in head first. So, you know, in the deep end, if you just feel that you need to paddle your toes and do bit by bit, that's okay. Everything's okay. As long as you've decided to choose positive living and move forward. Thank right. you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Definite delight. So everybody remember this. We are the solution that we seek. Other people have got the skills and the tools just like she has for you with the beautiful book and with her techniques, simple techniques, a wonderful reminder of awareness in our lives and how we can actually move forward with that clarity into clarity by using these techniques. The answers are always there when you are ready to receive. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.